Talk Radio. While the country has been set on course for imminent collapse, old yeller Biden staggers forward with his job approval rating at 33%. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. His campaign of delusion leaning on abortion. The reason women are being forced to travel out of state. This is going to go on for a while. They got this plan. Paranoid fantasies of threats to democracy. One thing that the president does not do is insult insult voters uh, or American people. Nothing but articles, articles after articles after articles. He has expressed hatred for who's writing those articles. It doesn't matter. It doesn't and matter. it's not. He has vitriol for them. And so does MSNBC, and so does CNN, and so does the New York Times. They have vitriol for half of the nation. They don't look at them like fellow Americans, and it's unfortunate. They try to paint them as racist. That all the things that they do to their fellow Americans who simply want a safe home, a safe community, for their children to have prosperity, they want the same thing. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. While waging war on the technologically driven workforce of 70 million independent contractors, a boneheaded move that can only further damage the future of the shrinking American economy. We're fundamentally changing the economy in this country, and everybody's getting a little worried about it. Old Yeller limps ever forward, begging to be fact-checked as he barks one lie after another. Over the last year, Prices are down on everyday items from a gallon of gasoline to a gallon of milk. And folks are beginning to feel it. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Consumer prices are up nearly 14%. Gasoline is up 39.1%. And while an infinite number of illegals line up to receive Obamacare, the number of American citizens without health insurance went down by 4.2 million. Publicly held debt is up 13.7%. And the amount of citizens on food stamps has increased. Adding to old yellers and reckoning with the data, his main handler, Barack Obama, is reportedly panicking, begging old Yeller to drop out while frantically playing musical chairs with his aides. Old Yeller hasn't just angered MAGA Republicans with vitriol aimed at millions of Americans free to vote for whoever they choose. Democracy means rejecting and repudiating political violence, regardless of party. Such violence is never, never, never acceptable in America. It's undemocratic. And it must never be normalized to advance political power. And everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is going to, they're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. Old Yeller has managed to anger disgusted parents, foreign dignitaries, minorities. They're going to put you all back in chains. Democrats. I got your work straight, Jack. Independence and everyday Americans. You are actively trying to diminish our Second Amendment right and take away our guns. You're full of sh- All right. 
And I love people who say, the blood of liberty, or excuse me, the, excuse me, the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. Well, guess what, man? I didn't see a whole lot of patriots that are out there walking around making sure that we have these weapons. Well, and if you really want to worry about the government, you need an F-16. He may have a dim clue that he's going to get what's coming to him from God Almighty before the Biden show drives off the cliff. How involved were you in your son Chinese takedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? Were you involved? No, I wasn't. Were you? No. That said, old Yeller's tenure has proven one thing. The compromised uniparty sex club known as Congress is ill-prepared to deal with the overwhelming sabotage of the highest offices of the United States from within. So these parties are like, it gets hot and heavy. Yeah. It's Friday, January 26th in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this Friday edition of The American Journal. Very excited to be here with you. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. We are going to be welcoming Gabrielle Clark in the third hour. We'll be opening up the phone lines nice and early today. I think we'll also do a, a Twitter space today as well. Didn't do one yesterday because we had just too much news to cover. We still have a lot of news today. Of course, developments on the Texas-Mexico border, developments in the Middle East, and some just inexplicable policy decisions from the Biden administration. We have a lot to cover. Let's just get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. Here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Friday, the 26th of January, 2024. Our first story, Biden set to announce new liquid natural gas export ban after White House met with the Gen Z climate warrior. Believe it or not, in a statement released by the White House briefing website, President Biden said early Friday, quote, my administration is announcing today a temporary pause on pending decision of liquefied natural gas exports with the exception of unanticipated and immediate natural national security emergencies. During this period, we'll take a hard look at the impacts of LNG exports on energy costs, American uh, energy security and our environment. This pause on new LNG approvals sees the climate crisis for what it is, the existential threat of our time. An existential threat of our time. Biden, or maybe his speechwriters, justified the new strategy by hyping climate doom, indicating, quote, in every corner of the country and the world, people are suffering, suffering the devastating toll of climate change. It's like a little bit colder some places and a little bit warmer others. Dear God, shut off the liquid natural gas. Shut it off now. According to the New York Times, ahead of the decision, the Biden team met with Alex Harus, a 25-year-old Colorado social media influencer who has led a social media campaign against LNG projects in the Gulf. As a reminder, 2023 saw U.S. seaborn crude exports average 4 million barrels a day, an all-time high, and up 19% year-on-year. In volumetric terms, the story 
has been all about Europe this year, said Reid Lanson, a senior commodity analyst at Kepler, uh, told Fright Waves. And we'll get into this a little bit more. Even Bloomberg is decrying this and warning about the horrible outcome. The pause is set to at least temporarily stall projects in development, including Commonwealth LNG, Energy Transfer LP, Venture Gold LNG uh, Incorporated facilities planned in Louisiana, noting that basically billions of dollars worth of infrastructure and, and business plans are being ground to a halt because someone in Biden's team met with a 25-year-old social media influencer who is apparently now directing our energy policy based on the, the fever dream paranoia of a bunch of cult members. It's pretty wild. Biden also noted, we will not cede to special interests except the climate change agenda, except the climate change agenda, which is in fact a very special interest to which they're willing to sacrifice literally everything, everything, your, your freedom, your ability to exist, your food. I mean, just everything is on the altar of uh, the climate God, but they don't even think that that's worth mentioning. But yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more later, get into the Bloomberg article where they just lay out exactly how devastating this liquid natural gas ban will be. It's all just so very, very stupid. Meanwhile, Alabama executes a man with nitrogen gas for the first time. Alabama executed a convicted murderer with nitrogen gas Thursday, putting him to death with the first-of-its-kind method and once again placed the U.S. at the forefront of the debate over capital punishment. The state said the method would be humane, but critics call it cruel and experimental. Officials said Kenneth Eugene Smith, 58, was pronounced dead at 8.25 p.m. in an Alabama prison after breathing pure oxygen gas through a face mask to cause oxygen deprivation. It marks the first time that a new execution method has been used in the United States since lethal injection. Now the most commonly used method was introduced in 1982. Apparently this guy somehow survived a previous attempt to execute him, which is pretty wild. This time he was successfully executed. Again, I don't see that uh, mentioned here, but yeah, apparently he... They, they, tr- they couldn't find a vein for him last time. They couldn't find a vein for him last time to do the uh, lethal injection. Yep. Yeah. So this time they stuck a mask on him, let him breathe nitrogen gas. That's different than... That's not laughing gas, is it? Nitrogen gas? No. That's something else. No, the same stuff that's in our atmosphere, 70% they of it. They didn't kill him with uh, whippets. The execution took about 22 minutes from the time between the opening and closing of the curtains to the viewing room. Smith appeared to remain conscious for several minutes. For at least two minutes, he appeared to shake and writhe on the gurney, sometimes pulling against the restraints. This was followed by several minutes of heavy breathing until breathing was no longer perceptible. Uh, Yeah, people decrying this, saying it's cruel and unusual. I say just just go back to hanging. I mean, what is the, you know, what's the deal here? Just, Just hang the guy. Does it really matter? You're killing him. You're killing him dead. Hanging is probably the most, you know, merciful way to do that, except for like a guillotine maybe, but we don't usually chop heads off here in America. But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't even go what the big deal is about this. What we'll cover again a little bit later, the, the, the leftist outrage at this, uh, by the way, he was executed for the murder for hire killing of a 44 year old woman in 1988. Uh, in which he 
if I recall correctly, uh, broke into her house and beat her to death with a uh, fireplace poker. So actually, now that I think about it, the more suffering, the better. Actually, now that I've had time to consider things, I think hanging is too merciful. I say go with the least reliable execution method you got for people like that. Meanwhile, in the Middle East, some very bizarre changes in policy. U.S. and Iraq agree to start talks to end presence of U.S.-led coalition. The United States and Iraq have agreed to start talks on the future of the U.S.-led military coalition in Iraq with the aim of setting a timetable for a phased withdrawal of troops and the coalition's end, both governments have announced. The U.S. has a, had a continuous presence in Iraq since the 2003 invasion. U.S. combat forces left in 2011, but thousands of troops returned in 2014 to help the Iraqi government found ISIS. I'm sorry, defeat ISIL. In the years since, the presence of U.S. forces who have remained there to conduct counter, counter, that's with uh, quotation marks there, ISIL missions and training, which has been a lightning rod for increasingly influential faction of Iran-aligned militias and politicians in Iraq. So basically we're in talks now to withdraw from Iraq and uh, basically withdraw from the Middle East overall, including Syria as well. Which, again, is sort of exactly what we predicted here as soon as Israel started bombing Gaza. And we just sort of game-planned it out. And, of course, this was the threat of Hassan Nasrallah, the head of Hezbollah, who's basically like, you can tell Israel to stop right now, or this can keep going until America is completely banished from the Middle East, and you won't have a foothold here anymore. You'll have no influence over this ultimately important center of the civilized world. And I guess we chose uh, that latter path. We chose the path of just undoing everything we've gained in the Middle East over the last several decades. I'm in favor of this. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like retreating in disgrace and weakness. It would have been better if we'd left 10 years ago as the victors. But everything the Biden administration does is just pathetic beyond description. Meanwhile, so we're leaving Iraq, we're leaving Syria, apparently, we're withdrawing, we're in agreements, we're in talks to get out of there. I don't know where we're going to go. I mean, I think this means we're just leaving the Middle East entirely. However, there's now a dramatic arms agreement between the United States and Israel. Three new squadrons will be provided to the IDF. Thousands of armaments will arrive by air, train, air and train in the coming days. The U.S. and Israel have signed a huge deal, the details of which are un. Uh, are unveiled in this uh, Hebrew newspaper, so that the translation is not exactly right, but we do have the numbers. There will be 25 F-35 aircraft, 25 F-15 IA squadron aircraft, 12 combat Apache helicopters, and thousand, many thousands of armaments that are expected to arrive in the coming days. So they're gearing up for the big one, folks. They're gearing up for the big war. Israel's announced that Iran is now a legitimate target. For bombing and attacks, America was simultaneously discussing withdrawing from Syria and Iraq while carrying out major military operations in both of those states. And we are selling 50 fighter jets, 12 Apache helicopters, and thousands of other small arm armaments to Israel, again, in preparation for a massive all-out conflict in the Middle East, which no people actually want. No citizens of any countries actually 
desire, but it is the desire of those people in charge, and you can see they're just they're just doing it. They're just doing it. So we, it seems like we're rapidly running out of time to prevent this cataclysmic nightmare of World War III that is absolutely a choice that the people in charge of Israel and America are making. She just could stop at any time. She could not do World War III, but that's not the choice they've made. So we're driving headlong into it. And so I expect the propaganda machine is about to ramp up to levels that nobody would ever expect. So maybe, maybe today we'll go back and look at the way that the American public was turned and twisted and coerced into approving of American involvement in World War I and World War II, both of which included extremely sophisticated, widespread, ubiquitous in terms of the American media market onslaughts of propaganda from British intelligence. And one by one, Republican, every Republican governor at this point has issued statements of support. Some have sent National Guard troops. We can show you a map of that here in just a second. The Biden administration is being pressured by the leftist, socialist, communist infiltrators in the American Congress to seize the Texas National, uh, National Guard from Greg Abbott. And of course, as we pointed out yesterday, with all these other states cooperating, what does that mean? These are going to take over every state? The federal government is just going to capture every state's state guard? And it's not even the state guard. It's the National Guard, which can, in extreme circumstances, in emergency measures, can be taken over by the federal government. But as was explained by Dan Miller on this show yesterday, and I've seen confirmed multiple times by talking heads on, on Twitter and, and cable news, there is the state guard, which is not within the federal purview whatsoever, and it would not be that difficult of a transition to move the responsibilities of protecting the border from the National Guard, should it be federalized, to the State Guard, which has no mechanism for federalization. And finally, again, you know, people are coming around. You know, InfoWars, it's it's pretty funny how we just, if we just say what needs to be said months and months ago, and we just have to sit here patiently waiting on the on the edge of acceptable discourse for everybody else to come around. We've got things like this from Not the Bee, why we need an asylum moratorium in the U.S. and Europe. It's the argument I've been making for three years. It's not that complicated. It's pretty obvious, actually. If you're running some sort of charity that's supposed to benefit sick children, but instead you have a bunch of healthy adults showing up and you know, taking all the food you're offering or stealing all the money that you've uh, collected for these poor sick children if it's not poor sick children receiving it but rather grown adults who just show up and go yeah i'm uh, i'm 12 i have cancer and just taking a lot of money it's like okay we have to stop this now now nobody gets anything it sucks cuz we liked having a charity for the children but you people keep abusing our generosity so now nobody gets anything so now people are making that argument about asylum it's obvious if you have this emergency procedure for extenuating circumstances where a government is hunting down its own people and they're trying to escape and you go, okay, well, we don't have time to go through the normal process. Just get in here. We'll sort everything out later. And instead it's tens of thousands of grown men from Haiti 
just hanging out on the border, you know, waiting to come in, we got to shut the whole thing down. The whole thing's got in, the whole thing's got to be shut down. It's a shame, but it's not our fault for shutting it down. It's their fault for taking advantage of what could have been a good thing. People are recognizing that. People are coming around to that. There's also been a very disturbing, or as Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson puts it, very sobering letter from the former FBI, Homeland Security, and other law enforcement officials describing the chilling reality of the totally open border and the possibility or perhaps near inevitability of bad actors, militants crossing our border in an unknown and massive fashion. Trump has called for all willing states to deploy National Guard to Texas border and start the deportations. Former President Donald Trump posted to his Truth Social account that he's encouraging all willing states to deploy their National Guard to Texas to prevent entry of illegal immigrants. He made the call to do so after Texas Governor Greg Abbott declared an invasion and invoked Texas' right to self-defense, the first article of the Constitution. At least 14 states have signaled supporting Texas in its efforts. Now that number is up to 25. But what Donald Trump said was, when I was president, we had the most secure border border in history. Joe Biden has surrendered our border and is aiding and abetting a massive invasion of millions of illegal migrants into the United States. Instead of fighting to protect our country from this onslaught, Biden is unbelievably fighting to tie the hands of Governor Abbott in the state of Texas so that the invasion continues unchecked. In the face of this national security, public safety and public health catastrophe, Texas has rightly invoked the invasion clause of the Constitution and must be given full support to repel the invasion. He goes on to say, we encourage all willing states to deploy their guards to Texas to prevent the the entry of illegals and to remove them back across the border. All Americans should support this common sense measure by Texas authorities to protect the safety, security, and sovereignty of Texas and of the the American people. When I'm president on day one, instead of fighting Texas, I will work hand in hand with Governor Abbott and other border states to stop the invasion, seal the border, and rapidly begin the largest domestic deportation operation in history. Those Biden has let in should not get comfortable because they will be going home. Very powerful stuff. And of course, many Republican uh, Congress or uh, I'm sorry, many Republican governors have heeded his call and have uh, either sent out words of support or actually sent troops to support Texas. The Republican Governors Association issued this statement yesterday. President Biden and his administration have left Americans and our country completely vulnerable to unprecedented illegal immigration pouring across the southern border. Instead of upholding the rule of law and securing the border, the Biden administration has attacked and sued Texas for stepping up to protect American citizens from historic levels of illegal immigrants, deadly drugs like fentanyl, and terrorists entering our country. We stand in solidarity with our fellow governor, Greg Abbott, in the state of Texas in utilizing every tool and strategy, including razor wire fences, to secure the border. We do it in part because the Biden administration is refusing to enforce immigration laws already on the books and is illegally allowing mass parole across America of migrants who entered our country illegally. The authors of the U.S. Constitution made it clear that in times like this, states have a right to self-defense under Article 4, Section 4, Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the U.S. Constitution. Because the Biden administration has abdicated its constitutional compact duties to the states, Texas has every legal justification to protect the sovereignty of our states and our nation. Very, very good to hear. This map is one of uh, many maps being constantly updated as things develop. This one from State of Appalachia at Appalachistan, (laughs) Appalachistani on X. 
And you've got here in red the, as he puts it, anti-federalist states, which means their current guard uh, deployment to Texas. And in that camp, you've got Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, and Virginia. In purple stands Kentucky, which says they've uh, deployed guards between 2021 and 2023, but have not issued a letter of support or a statement of support to Texas recently. Arizona has deployed guards to its own border, but none to Texas. And then all of these other striped red states have announced support, but have not deployed uh, soldiers to Texas. That includes Alaska, Nevada, Utah, Wyoming, Idaho, basically all of the good states, all of the good states, which uh, means most of the south, the southeast, the Midwest and the Northwest, not including Washington, Oregon, or California. So very interesting developments in the coming civil war. I don't know. I don't know what this is exactly, but it is very exciting. We have lots of videos to show you on the other side of uh, people commenting on this and what their uh, input is. We'll also read that Again, as, as Senator Ron Johnson puts it, very sobering letter from the former FBI, Homeland Security, and other law enforcement officials as people within the federal government are basically saying, no uncertain terms, the Biden administration has actively encouraged, facilitated, and allowed a full-scale military invasion of our country. And the people in charge of the security of our country are terrified at the implications of this. We'll be back on the other side. Stay with us. Support us at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWarsStore.com is the only way that we'll be able to remain on air and years ahead of the rest of the conservatives in this country as we slowly but surely, like a tugboat towing a cruise ship, pull them in the right direction. We'll be right back. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD like Rebel Zen has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Well, as Ron Paul would famously say, it's happening. 26 states, including Texas, are now standing against the tyrant Joe Biden's disillusion of the southern U.S. border and Biden's announcement that he wants to seize control of the state guard, not so they can stop an invasion, but so that they will not stop an invasion. 
This is so historical. And, and, and by the hour, more states are joining us. In fact, some expect Democrats to now join this. Every Republican governor has now joined Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis, all of them, the governor of Florida, the governor of Virginia, the governor of Arkansas, the list goes on and on. This is a historic moment. It's in the Constitution, the right to self-defense, massive human smuggling, sex trafficking. It's all happening. And now peacefully, we see the state standing up against Joe Biden, who told illegal aliens, when I win the election, immediately surge the border. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. I would change the order that the president just changed, saying women who were being beaten and abused could no longer claim that as a reason for asylum. So we'll continue to track all of this at Infowars.com forward slash show. And on my broadcast tomorrow, we're going to be getting into great detail on all this, the Friday edition of the show. But this has the power structure in full panic. If I was a globalist, I would stage an attack on migrants somewhere on the border to demonize this opposition because this is really illustrating the treason that's going on and the ongoing impeachment proceedings against Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of DHS, and, and all the other incredible developments that are happening. But this is what it's all about. The states coming together, the people coming together, not to dissolve the republic, it's the UN-run globalist government that's doing that, but to reconstitute our republic. It's in the Declaration of Independence. It's in the Constitution. It's in the Bill of Rights. It's not just our right. It's our duty to defend ourselves. And that's what's happening right now. So I salute all the states that have joined Texas. Um, Abbott's certainly not perfect by a long shot, but he's made the right move here. And he's forced this crisis out in the open against the globalists. So say what you want about Abbott or some of these other Republican governors. To have 25 of them lined up together repudiating the globalist puppet Joe Biden is beautiful, it's powerful, and it's very, very strong. Will this itself defend the border? Will this save the world? No. But this act of creating a constitutional focal point or a spotlight to point out the constitutional crisis is already happening is nothing but positive. So a real answer to prayers. Thank you so much for watching. Now, please share this link, and I'll see you tomorrow with the Friday edition at 11 a.m. Central, Infowars.com, forward slash show, stations across the country, and, of course, at Band.Video, as well as Real Alex Jones on X. So that was a special report that Alex Jones filed uh, yesterday evening. Historic, all Republican governors stand or back Texas as they stand up against the Fed's border invasion. You can find and share that at band.video. But of course, uh, we're giving you all the updates here on American Journal, including some pretty stunning statements by former executives of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. But before we go to that, let's go to a couple other videos of some well-respected anti-globalists talking about this issue first is uh, tucker carlson he has a particular view on this having to do with the political outcomes which is which i think is just one aspect of the overall attack but he, he does at least hit this nail on the head and uh, the numbers that he brings up are really worth meditating on clip number 11 here tucker carlson laying out the illegal immigrant scam in 60 seconds the numbers you need to understand 
Yale University released a study last week by three researchers, all of them liberal, I believe, who concluded that the actual number of illegal aliens in this country is not 11 million. It's north of 22 million. 22 million. Mm. Fact one. Fact two. The Democratic Party is now, as a matter of policy, calling for the legalization of all illegals in this country. Citizenship voting rights. 22 million new voters. Fact Mm. three. The overwhelming majority of first-time immigrant voters vote Democrat. Fact four. The largest margin in American presidential history was 17 million votes, 1980 election, rather, 1984 election between Mondale and and, and Reagan. And Reagan, yeah. 17 million. You would add to our voter rolls 22 million, at least, permanent electoral majority in perpetuity. That's what this is about. It's not about making the country better, serving our labor needs, helping the population. It's about putting Democrats in power forever. That is the truth of our immigration debate, period. So I think that's an an obvious outcome of immigration, but that's looking at at immigration through one particular lens, one particular angle, what the outcome will be electorally. But that's just one facet of a multifaceted series of consequences from the invasion. Obviously, the Democrats gain from this. I mean, we're seeing entire hordes of illegal immigrants all wearing Biden shirts and chanting for Biden as they come across. So obviously this is sort of like how Biden, by the way, against the demands of the Supreme Court, another little uh, area of ironic connection here, Biden basically buying votes by using your tax dollars to pay off student loans. Remember the Supreme Court said he couldn't do it, but now he's doing it anyway because they don't actually care about the Supreme Court. They don't actually listen to it if it goes against them. And if it goes against them routinely, then they threaten to basically abolish or pack it. So just all of their moralizing, all of their claims of our sacred democracy and, oh, my God, if Abbott is ignoring the Supreme Court. I can point out four times in the last year that the Democrats have celebrated completely ignoring decisions from the Supreme Court. So just tell them to stuff it. But it's it's very simple. Like this has been the poison of democracy since ancient Rome. They used to do it with corn, right? The corn dole. It was, it was very simple back then. It's just as simple today. They're bribing people for votes. It's pretty simple. Vote for us. You get something for free. It's not that complicated. Vote for us. We'll pay off your student loan. Vote for us. We'll let you into the country and give you citizenship. It's a bribe. They're just using the power of the office that they've obtained to shower riches on people in exchange for their support. It's just corruption. That's all it is. It's just blatant corruption. And it is the poison pill that destroys democracies. And that's what they're doing. So again, it's not that complicated. It's not that sophisticated. That is happening. At the same time, you have to look at it holistically and you have to understand that this is an attack on America itself not just trying to get more Democrat voters so they can win elections, but destroying the racial, demographic, religious, spiritual, everything about America is being destroyed by this massive level of immigration. And I think 22 million is probably a little bit low. They've been using that 11, something happened in like the 80s where they figured out there were 11 million illegal immigrants And that just became the number that everybody said for the next 40 years. Well, those 40 years have seen a continual stream of illegal immigrants. So how can it still be 11 million? It has to be at least 22 million. And we know 
at least six, maybe 12 million have passed in the last three years. So God only knows how many illegal immigrants there are in this country at this point. And I think the best way to figure that out is to uh, count them as we chuck them right back across the border. I think we can very systematically count and deport them over the next four years if we get Donald Trump into office. But I'm going to go to another video on the other side of Ron DeSantis making a statement about this, show you just the sheer level of of immigrants overwhelming systems as far from the southern border as Chicago and New York. And we'll talk about, you know, what's really behind this, because you have to understand it's not about voting. It's the same people that are letting in millions upon millions of migrants from all over the world that are also tearing down 187-year-old Thomas Jefferson statues in New York City Hall that they just did. See, this is an attack for electoral points. They're not winning any electoral points by tearing down a statue of Thomas Jefferson. It's about the dismantling and degradation of our history and ourselves and our nation. And it's all combined. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. To resist doing some clockwork orange quotes right there. Angel trumpets and devil trombones. We're covering the well, the, the breaking out of a second civil war, perhaps. We pray not, but that's awfully 
Looks, looks an awful lot like that, I should say. Still a lot lot more videos to go to. I'm going to read this uh, statement from the FBI that was not from the FBI, but from former law enforcement, FBI, Homeland Security and other officials about the just unimaginable danger that the Biden administration is putting all Americans in with their open border policy. We'll go to that in just a second. But first, I want to go to Ron DeSantis, who I, I pray has broken free of the clutches of whoever got him to run against Trump. I saw somebody post repost this video that we're about to show you going, yeah, Ron Sands had just been doing this the whole time. His campaign, his campaign would have gone a lot differently. Like there's this weird thing when you go into campaign mode and suddenly you're having to listen to a bunch of advisors who are forced on you by the people that are funding your campaign. And suddenly you're not saying what you actually believe, but you're saying what they tell you, the polls say you should say, and everybody realizes you sound fake and it all just, it's a self-defeating sort of process. Now that he's free from that, now that he's dropped his campaign, it's almost like he can just speak freely again. And now instead of staged, highly choreographed campaign events, he's just talking into a phone and going off the cuff. And it's just so much more, it's refreshingly real. And uh, obviously his own words. So good to see Ron DeSantis uh, sort of... um, Sort of like Lord Theoden, you know, waking up from the, the curse that Wormtongue had him under. Or was like, this king is not our king. This is something else. He's not acting right. He's not acting right. Well, finally, that, that brain worm has been pulled out of Ron DeSantis' ear, and he's just being himself again, which we love to see. Let's go now to clip number five, where Ron DeSantis asks, can the federal government defy the law? Here it is. Biden is going after Texas, saying that they must remove fortifications from their border. They put wire, they put things to keep people out. Uh, Biden's saying you got to take that down to let people come in illegally, which is just crazy. And I remark that if the Constitution was originally understood to mean that a state could not protect itself against an invasion, that the federal government could force a state to allow an invasion, the Constitution would have never been ratified in the first place. Texas would have never joined the Union when it did. Uh, And if you look at Federalist 46, which uh, uh, Daniel Horowitz pointed out, uh, James Madison talks about uh, situations where federal encroachment can be mitigated uh, by by state action. So you have Texas here uh, that's holding its ground. They have every right to fortify the border vis-a-vis an invasion, and that's Article One, Section 10 of the Constitution. Uh, so, so they're in the right. You also have a situation where liberal jurisdictions over many, many years have been sanctuary jurisdictions against enforcing federal immigration law. So you'll have somebody who's a criminal alien, they will not be given uh, over to ICE, and they will deliberately act to frustrate the laws on the books, and somehow that's viewed as okay. You have Texas who's acting to enforce the laws on the books, to ensure that they have a secure state and that we have a secure country. Uh, so so all of this is just nonsense what Biden's doing. Uh, Texas has every right to stand its ground. We've in Florida, we've been sending people to help uh, for, for many years now because we understand it's not just a Texas issue, it's ultimately an American issue. And if we don't have sovereignty in this country, uh, then we're not gonna be a country anymore. So, so they have every right to hold their ground, uh, to stand, stay the course and Florida will continue to be there uh, helping out every step of the way. So again, very good to see. 
feel like that guy should run for president. Is that just me? Just kidding. So, yes, uh, every Republican governor has signed on to a letter pledging support for Greg Abbott. Some have actually sent troops to uh, defend the border. And this is shaping up to be a uh, something not going away anytime soon. And in fact, before we get to the letter from the former Homeland Security and all these other people talking about just what a gigantic danger all of this is, I thought this sort of rundown by Oren McIntyre on Twitter is very well well put. And basically, a response to the call from Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke says, Governor Greg Abbott is defending the border. Basically, Biden should go to war with him. And in response, McIntyre says, we are entering a critical moment where the discipline of the regime will be tested. The leftist vanguard will attempt to initiate a reckless purity spiral, demanding the Biden administration crack down on Texas in order to retain its authority. And that's exactly what we're seeing with it's Beto O'Rourke and Kazar and Castro. I mean, these are all crypto communists. I mean, they're all democratic socialists. They're socialists. They're, they're communists. It's the f- far left fringe of the Democratic Party that is making these demands that are insane, by the way. He continues, this is a nightmare for Biden. And when I say Biden, I mean the people who actually run his administration. He cannot be seen sending any kind of force with the explicit mission to open the border. Sort of gives away the game, especially in an election year. But this failure by D.C. to exert sovereignty would also be a classic sign of a regime which is mortally wounded and all the incompetent climbers in the Democratic Party can taste the blood in the water. My bet is on Biden sticking to lawfare and rhetoric, but there is a real possibility that the wild-eyed leftist zealots push him – push this thing into a real crisis. At this point, Abbott isn't even technically denying a Supreme Court ruling, but that isn't what matters. And what he means by that was that the Supreme Court basically said that, yes, the feds are allowed to cut the barbed wire, but not that the Texas National Guard has to withdraw. They didn't say they have to stop putting down razor wire. So Abbott is still sticking to the letter of the law and abiding abiding by the decision, more or less. He's just not allowing it to go any farther than that. So that's what he means when he says this. When he says at this point, Abbott isn't technically even denying an SC ruling, but that isn't what matters. He says power is what matters, and at this moment, perception is power. I think cooler heads will prevail on the left this time, but the young radicals are not used to losing, and I don't think the regime can maintain coherence if tests of sovereignty become commonplace. So again, just pointing out the dangerous position that the incredible weakness of Biden and the Democrats overall have left his administration in. Now, here's a very, again, sobering letter, terrifying letter, a letter that should be getting a lot more attention than it is now. I mean, I've seen it posted a few right-wing places, but I mean, this is crazy. This is an insane letter. The subject is the United States is facing a new and imminent danger Ron Johnson said that this is a letter from former FBI, Homeland Security, and other law enforcement officials describing the chilling reality of the president's open border being a clear and present danger to America. It says this. It's a letter to all the congressional leadership. 
It says, as former senior executives of the Federal Bureau of Investigation with deep experience combating dangers to the nation, we write to express our concern about a current specific threat that may be one of the most pernicious to ever menace the the United States. The danger arises from the very nature of the threat itself. Wars and espionage and bombings and riots are sadly familiar delivery systems of instability, intimidation, and insecurity. The country has faced these and more throughout its history and held together, not without struggle. The threat we call out today is new and unfamiliar. In its modern history, the U.S. has never suffered an invasion of the homeland, and yet one is unfolding now. Military-aged men from across the globe, many from countries or regions not friendly to the United States, are landing in waves on our soil by the thousands, not by splashing ashore from a ship or parachuting from a plane, but rather by foot across a border that has been accurately advertised around the world as largely unprotected with ready access granted. It would be difficult to overstate the danger represented by the presence inside our border of what is comparatively of what is comparatively a multi-division army of single young adult males from hostile nations whose and regions whose background, intent, and allegiance is completely unknown. They include individuals encountered by border officials and then possibly released into the country along with a shockingly high estimate of, quote, gotaways, meaning those who have entered and evaded apprehension. In light of such a daunting, unprecedented penetration by uninvited foreign actors, it is reasonable to assert that the country possesses dramatically diminished national security at this time. The nation's military and laws and other natural protective barriers that have provided traditional security in the past have been thoroughly circumvented over the last three years. And it goes into the uh, demographics of those crossing over. But, I mean, I wonder where this letter was 10 years ago. But good, good. We're finally getting around to it. Now, three years in... After having allowed tens of millions of these people to cross, finally, the people who are charged with the security of our nation are speaking up and saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't allow an army tens of millions strong to infiltrate our border. By permission. I mean, this is just suicide as a nation. Hey, let me start by saying you do a great show. Thank you. Hey, let me point out that I took X2 iodine. I started taking that stuff. The best iodine I think I ever found is what you guys are selling. When did you start taking it? About four years ago, I had high blood pressure, and I was on blood pressure medicine. Mm -hmm. And I started eating a little better, but my blood pressure stayed high. And when I took X2 iodine, after about three or four weeks, I think my body detoxified of a bunch of metals and stuff that my body was storing. And my blood pressure came down to perfect level. And I tell people the only thing I did was X2 iodine. And even though I do think all your other products are good, I recommend to anybody that they start with X2 iodine because it detoxifies your body and kind of kicks your natural DNA in, into uh, full force. So in my, in my life, I found X2 iodine the best. I tried other iodines and... They didn't have the same effect, but so X2 iodine, I really wanted to point that out. The tunnels beneath Chabad headquarters in Brooklyn were immediately filled in with cement, ensuring that there would be no investigation to conflict with the nonsensical cover story that they were recently dug in response to the COVID lockdowns. In today's pop culture, it is speculated that they are related to child sex trafficking, which is indeed a horrific problem with the human race. But there seems to be something more to these tunnels. 
Tunnels leading underground are one of Earth's greatest mysteries and can be found all over the world and all throughout history. Phil Schneider, a structural engineer who spent 17 years as a military contractor building deep underground military bases, went on a tour giving lectures and blowing the whistle on what he witnessed. He claimed there were 129 deep underground bases in America alone, all of which were the size of a small city. He found that some of these underground bases were connecting to ancient underground tunnels and cave networks that were inhabited by a non-human species, which he ran into while building an underground base beneath Dulce, New Mexico. Schneider said that the Dulce area was a hub of underground bases, all connected by a high-speed underground rail system. Less than a year after blowing the whistle, Schneider died under suspicious circumstances. Dulce, New Mexico is 170 kilometers from the Four Corners, an area known for the Skinwalkers, who the Hopi tribe describe as a non-human species that live underground. Dulce is 260 kilometers from Scientology's heavily guarded underground Trementina base. And Dulce is 200 kilometers from Jeffrey Epstein's Zorro Ranch, which is known to have an 8,000 square foot underground level and is rumored to lead even deeper underground. According to several prominent scientists who Jeffrey Epstein had as guests, Epstein hoped to seed the human race after a cataclysm by impregnating 20 women at a time at the Zorro Ranch. According to researcher Christopher John Bejerkness, the goal of breeding Jewish seed lines with Gentile women is the fulfillment of Kabbalistic legends of Samael and Lilith. According to Bejerkness, the Kabbalistic teachings include a geocentric model of the earth with an underworld that extends seven levels beneath the surface where a reptilian species lives. These legends foretell a cleansing of the earth when everyone on the surface will perish and only those in the underworld will survive. High-level Freemasons allegedly believe in a hollow earth where a non-human species rule from an underworld called Agartha, and their most guarded secrets seem to revolve around a cyclical cataclysmic event. Phil Schneider also built submarine bases and said that most were connected to the vast network of deep underground bases. Ghislaine Maxwell had a submarine license and was known to transport people to Epstein Island through an underwater submarine port. The U.S. military built a submarine base on St. Thomas Island, which is just 13 kilometers from Epstein Island. And right next to this submarine base is Water Island, owned by Joe Biden's brother and their business associate. In a recent interview on Iconic, Juliet Bryant, who was kidnapped by Jeffrey Epstein for two years, said that she never witnessed any of the dozens of girls there being trafficked to any men other than Epstein. But she did wake up once paralyzed on a lab table and witnessed Epstein shapeshift into something else. You know, and I still want to know why exactly I was taken there because there's a lot more weird stuff going on because, you know, I didn't see any girls getting trafficked to other men. So uh, there's something else that they were doing. Which That's really fascinating in, in itself. And we have a lot of um, talk, and it just doesn't get talking about, spoken about that much, but it's the, the kind of cloning DNA part that he was obviously transhumanism that he was interested in. Did that come up anywhere? Did you see any signs? Well, I mean, obviously there's scientists. I'm just going to put it out there right now. I, I, I woke up in a laboratory there one night. Wow. 
You know, these are the things I haven't wanted to talk about because it's frightening. But there were scientists there, you know, and I, I woke up one night in a laboratory, paralyzed and naked on a table. I, w- I would like to be lie detected on this. Okay, wow. Uh, This is an incredible report by Greg Reese. Find and share it at band.video. Underground tunnels and hybrid breeding programs. Truth is stranger than fiction. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, second hour of American Journal is on. In the third hour, we'll be joined by Gabrielle Clark, a mother, activist, and educator, talking about how to protect your children from indoctrination in government schools. Very excited to speak to her about that, as it is something that I, I'm rapidly having to come to terms with, having a kid going into elementary school, and what that's going to look like. We have a lot of other stuff to cover, and we have just opened up opened up the Twitter spaces, the X spaces. Infowars uh, at Infowars is hosting it. I'm co-hosting. If you want to chime in and speak up and be on the show, uh, go ahead and join that space. And you've got a request to speak. I, I keep seeing people after the space, like comment being like, "Why won't you let me speak?" And it's like you got a request. You got to hit the request button so we can know that you want to speak. That's how this works. I'm also doing the radio show live uh, as we're doing this. So, you know, I can't be going through and, and reading every comment. But if you want to leave a comment saying what you want to talk about, then we'll know what you want to talk about. And uh, we got the crew going through those comments. And, and guys, if you want to uh, tell me anybody that you think we should bring up. We've been talking the whole first hour about immigration and the battle over the border. It's taking place, and we'll move on here. I do just want to point you to a very good and thorough and long article that I just don't have time to cover right now, but it's from Zero Hedge called Cultural Replacement, Why the Immigration Crisis is Being Deliberately Engineered, and they really go through everything. I mean, they go through all the reasons why this is happening and how it's happening, the Cloward Piven strategy, Operation Garden Plot, In 1968, the U.S. Department of Defense, at the request of the government, drafted a civil disturbance plan called Operation Garden Plot, which outlined what was essentially a martial law response to a large-scale social breakdown. One of the main factors listed in the plan as a trigger for martial law was the uncontrolled mass migration of minorities into the U.S., as well as riots by minorities in light of economic uncertainty. So going back to, I mean, the 1960s was like the heyday of the false flag, the heyday of the self-inflicted wound by the American government. Even though not all of them were carried out, a lot of these plans were put into place. Blow up airliners to blame it on the Cubans, cause a migration crisis, and use that to bring about martial law. The 1960s was a crazy time in America, and it seems like we're still in that mindset, at least those at the top. And then they have the cultural replacement theory. As they say, replacement theory is often denigrated by the media as a racist conspiracy held by white people who are afraid to lose power. This is nonsensical for a number of reasons, including the fact that if white people were a monolith and all had that power, we would simply snuff out any threats to that power and lock down our borders. That would be nothing. There would be nothing anyone could do to stop us. The truth is there is no white monolith. There is no patriarchy. There's no such thing as systemic racism. But those are the things being. And you understand that when you've got 
a party in power whose adherents continually bemoan and, and decry and, and cast hatred on the white majority in this country as they simultaneously bring in tens of millions of non-white people. And it's not a coincidence. These things aren't unrelated. It's a deliberate policy of replacement that they're quite proud of, unless you don't like it, in which case they tell you you're a conspiracy theorist. But that's just how it works. I also want to point out, it has to do, I mean, we've said it a million times, but when you've got the, the white, you know, white identity things that they say, these are the, you know, the, the concepts of white identity. And it's like hard work, self-reliance, uh, like all of these great and wonderful things that are necessary to build a prosperous and free nation. It's like they're not joking about that. That's actually what they believe. And they're like, man, these white people, they love being independent. They love being uh, responsible for themselves. They refuse to rely on anybody, so they refuse to let anybody have power over them. They're like, that's a problem that we need to fix. Like you have to understand these people think that white people are a problem that they're solving with immigration. It's not that complicated. But then there's another step beyond that, which is that Within a few generations, I just saw a study that was like within two generations, the uh, birth rate of immigrants falls down to the, the native level. So, right, Native Americans are not replacing ourselves. We're having less than 2.1 children per couple. So declining birth rate that's causing a lot of problems. They're bringing people in to replace them instead of trying to increase the birth rate. And the migrants that come in come from countries who have birth rates of Three, five, sometimes like Nigeria is like 11. I mean, it's just something ridiculous. But yet when they come to America, they get poisoned by the food, poisoned by the water, poisoned by the air itself, right? Microplastics and nanoparticles and just everything, atrazine and everything else we talk about all the time here, PFAs, et cetera, et cetera. To where within a generation or two, they are no longer replacing themselves. So you need a new crop of immigrants. And what this provides for is a constant churning of immigrants. You understand, I want to make this very clear. There is no reason why the caravans that we're seeing now flood the southern border will ever stop. They'll never stop. I feel like people have this idea that's like, oh, well, once we take enough, well, that's all the, that's all the asylum seekers out there. We got them all. There's no reason why a million people a year would be unsustainable forever, forever, right? So you have millions of people crossing the border a year. You have the population within America, the native population or the assimilated population dying out, but creating tons of excess food and prosperity that's exported to the third world, which is kept in a state of chaos and tyranny. The people fleeing that flee to the first world where they're stripped of their cultural heritage folded into this death cult we call western civilization and it's this constant churning cycle that will never end never stop never be um, slowed down at all because what the people in power don't want is any sizable contingent of citizens with a unified identity that can stand up against them so if you can just have a bunch of fractured you know, foreigners coming in and setting up little pockets, but then being assimilated out and sort of disappearing as a cultural force only to die out and be replaced by another. It's just an endless cycle of waves, like a laundry cycle, just continually churning where you're constantly getting new blood in, killing the people that are in America already. And so nobody ever has enough cultural staying power or cultural 
impetus or significance to pose any threat at all to the people in power who are carrying out this uh, this plan. So, you know, it's worse than cultural replacement. It's uh, an endless cycle of, of human misery being created and then taken advantage of, just so we're clear. And guys, uh, let me know if, uh, if any of our listeners on Spaces have left a good comment and we want to bring them up on stage uh, since I'm not paying as much attention as I probably should be to the Spaces that we'll go to momentarily. But let me tell you a few more other news stories that we have from today. In fact, uh, before we get into sort of the, some of the random stories that I, that I want to highlight, they're just sort of independent stories by themselves. Let's talk about what's going on in Israel and the Middle East. Very strange outcome of the International Court of Justice and their decision with the claims uh, South Africa charged Israel with genocide, and they've come to an interim agreement, I understand, but a very strange one. Judges in The Hague have partially granted provisional measures requested against Israel by South Africa. The court ordered Israel to do more to protect civilians, but did not demand a halt to military operations in Gaza. It's kind of strange. Top UN court stopped short of ordering ceasefire in Gaza. So basically they said, yeah, what's happening in Gaza has all of the characteristics of a genocide, but you don't have to stop. Okay, that's strange. That's a, that's a very strange, like the worst of both worlds kind of decision. I don't understand this, actually. The International Court of Justice in the Netherlands on Friday ruled on South Africa's request for provisional measures against Israel amid claims of state-led genocide. Court President Joan Donahue said the court was extremely worried by the loss of life in the Gaza Strip, saying, quote, the court is acutely aware of the extent of the human tragedy that's unfolding in the region and is deeply concerned about the continuing loss of life and human suffering, she said. The judge said that, in the court's view, at least some of Israel's actions in Gaza brought forward by South Africa fell within the provisions of UN's Genocide Convention. Donahue said the court could not accede to Israel's request that the case be removed from the general list, right? So Israel just wanted this tossed out. They said, well, we can't really do that because you are kind of committing a genocide. You are kind of, your leaders are kind of saying things like wipe them out. There's no innocence in Gaza. Amalek must be destroyed. And then the army that these people control is going out and carrying out these orders to the letter and killing everything they find. So that is a genocide. So you are doing that and we can't just toss this case out, but we're not going to actually make you change anything. Again, I don't, what, what is, this is like worse than just not even having a case. This is worse than just saying it's not genocide. They're saying you are pretty much committing genocide, but carry on. It's very weird. They ordered Israel to take all measures within its power to prevent genocide and the incitement of genocide. Great. You're wonderful. Yeah, that's what they say they're doing. I mean, they'll bomb a hospital and kill 200 children, and then they'll go, but it was a very, we tried very hard not to kill civilians. It's like, okay, what does that mean? That's nothing. There's no such thing as try. You killed a bunch of civilians. Doesn't matter whether it was on purpose or not. That's my reading of it, but apparently the UN court has a different measure. She ordered Israel to report to the court all measures to give effect to the court's orders within a month. So very strange. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has uh, responded to this, denouncing the genocide case as outrageous and saying Israel would continue to do what was necessary to defend itself. So good. Not, not the least bit contrite or anything, just um, carrying on with business as usual. 
UN proves itself once again to be good for absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, in the Middle East, we've got some strange goings on as America is in talks with Iraq and Syria to withdraw troops from the region while simultaneously selling 50 fighter jets and 12 Apache helicopters to Israel in the buildup to a obviously necessary active internal discussions are now underway to determine how and when a withdrawal may take place. So we may see a slow motion recreation of what happened in Afghanistan as America withdraws. uh, U.S. confirms imminent talk for military withdrawal from Iraq, that story from the cradle. So we are abandoning our foothold in the Middle East, surrendering uh, the bases that we have there in the Middle East, which I don't think we should have anyway. But I think this isn't a, a choice that America is making to deliberately, you know, draw down from our participation because we no longer want a say, you know, we no longer want to have this this albatross around our neck of the Middle East and our control over it. Now, this is a sign of very apparent weakness in the part of our military systems. And we are basically being forced to withdraw because we are massively outmatched and outnumbered in the region. And this is what we predicted from the very beginning would happen with the conflict in Israel. And this was also the stated design of Iran-backed groups like Hezbollah, who basically said, yeah, we're going to make America leave the United States if they continue to promote Israel's uh, attack in Gaza. Now, this video was made by an account, I believe it was an account on Twitter called Censored Men. But in terms of the genocide and the genocide ruling at the International Criminal Court, or International Court of Justice, rather, here's a compilation over the last three months of little Freudian slips made by public figures as they talk about the goings-on in Gaza. Clip number 12, let's watch. We need to see a cease. Uh, We need to see a a humanitarian pause so we can flow. Uh, We need to see ceasing of of the levels of violence that we're seeing. I'm also upset that uh, uh, since uh, October the 7th, uh, the focus uh, at the moment is uh, on the other side. Mm. Uh, people are trying to suggest that there is some sort of uh, moral equivalence. There is no moral equivalence. We are not the victims. Sorry, we are the victims. We are not the aggressor. Sorry. Uh, but I can tell you that we are not targeting anyone else in Gaza but civilians. Hamas is cynically, uh, but rather, but rather uh, uh, terrorists, of course. And I would like to use the rest of my time to say how appalled I am that people are bringing up the Holocaust. Do not use other genocides to describe this one. I have been... I- Oh, that's awkward. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a little bit awkward. Do not use other genocides to describe this one. Again, just a lot of examples of uh, little Freudian slips. Unfortunate slip of the tongue. Just, well, what are you going to do? All right, let's bring some uh, some of these people up from spaces. Uh, I think you're going to have to do it because it's not on, 
my phone's not the one connected right now. Uh, but if you want to bring on uh, somebody that you think is good, I can do it. All right. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and bring on uh, Roads to Liberty podcast. Uh, go ahead and take yourself live, Hobbs, whenever you want. And uh, welcome to the show, sir. Whenever you want. There's, it's always a problem with the first one we try to take. There's always a problem with the first caller that we try to take. Last time it was also the third and fifth. All right, what's up, Hobbs? Yeah, I hear you now. Oh, okay. All right, guys. Sorry, I forgot to turn the mic on. Um, yeah, so you brought up the uh, the, the constant uh, in, insistence that the Israelis are using that they say this is an act of self-defense. We'll do whatever we can to defend ourselves. And so let me, let me pause it, uh, bring things kind of down to the micro level. If I'm walking down the street and a man jumps out with a broken bottle and tries to accost me, and I pull out a gun and shoot him, that's self-defense, correct? Right. Okay, so even though my, my gun outclasses his broken bottle by orders of magnitude, I am still within the right to defend myself in that way. Now, if I go through this man's pockets and I find his wallet, and I go to his house, and I kill his family and burn his house down, and I justify that with, well, maybe his son will grow up one day and come after me in revenge. Does that still constitute a self-defense? I think you're, think you're pushing it a little far there. I think you're pushing the bounds of self-defense a little far there in this, in this wild-eyed speculation you're, you're doing right now. Right, yeah, so I, th- I see that as being kind of the micro level of what's going on over there in Israel, because they're saying that by just indiscriminately bombing, they're, they're stopping future attacks. I mean, you know, blowback notwithstanding, obviously, because we here in the United States know nothing about blowing up terrorists and having blowback come back our way, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, this, this whole we're doing it in self-defense thing is, is uh, really stretching the boundaries of what constitutes self-defense. Yeah, falls, falls a little bit flat. I, uh, I have to agree with you, Hobbs. Uh, yeah, thank you for that. I mean, that's very similar to the, to the analogy I made sort of October 10th or 11th, like very soon after they started this, where it was it's just basically the same thing, where if somebody comes up to punch you and or punches you and you punch them back, it's like, yeah, good, you got him. And then you just, like, are still beating him, and it's like, okay, all right, you got him. You got him back. Let's chill out a little bit. And they just keep going, and then they go to the house and kill the kids, and it's like, okay, what the hell are you doing at this point? Very good point, Hobbs. Uh, good stuff. As always, Roads to Liberty. Uh, go follow Roads to Liberty if you want. Uh, just a constant stream of wonderful content. Now, I was just about to take somebody else live who has uh, requested Patrick Thomas. Yeah, Patrick Thomas. Add you as a speaker. Feel free to uh, take yourself live. Uh, take yourself live, and uh, if we can drop roads to liberty, I'm still hearing his uh, his background. There we go. All right, Patrick. Uh, whenever you are able to connect, we'll go to you. And while we're waiting for him to connect, here's just one story that I want to share with you from Axios: Mainstream media bloodbath, news outlets slash jobs as business suffers. Nearly a dozen mainstream media companies are gutting staff and scrambling to rescue their struggling businesses. The media business is shrinking at the national, state, and local levels. A scary, stark new reality for thousands of journalists. Uh, yeah, who cares? Go away. Shut up. We're doing fine. We're great, actually. None of these other 
outlets have had massive lawsuits try to take them down. None of these other outlets have had their bank accounts canceled and credit card processors drop them and protest against them at the highest levels of the government. Now, they all uh, actually have the full support of the entire corporate mesh and yet are still failing because they just keep lying about everything all the time, constantly. So it turns out that if you just stop doing that and just start telling the truth and just start actually reacting to, responding to, and paying notice to the true interests of the American people, the American people will support you. That's the lesson they should be learning. This article is evidence that they're not learning that lesson at all. But here's just some of the... uh, media bloodbath taking place right now. Insider announced it was eliminating 8% of its workforce. Forbes's new newsroom union became a, began a three-day walkout on Thursday, arguing management was union busting. The CEO announced layoffs later that afternoon, hitting roughly 3% of the company. New York Daily News editorial union walked off the job Thursday to protect to protest chronic cuts by its owner. Paramount CEO Bob Backish warned employees Thursday the company is planning fresh new round of layoffs. The Los Angeles Times planned a one-day multi-city walkout for 115 jobs cut. Condé Nast is cutting jobs. Sports Illustrated is cutting down. BuzzFeed, Red Ventures, Paramount, all the leftists are going down in flames as we rise because they're liars and we're not. We'll be You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com. Look at the ingredients and investigate it and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now. InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. We are live on Twitter Spaces right now, and I see Paul M. Davis at Fired Up TX Lawyer has tuned in and is uh, ready to speak. Go ahead and take yourself Live, uh, unmute your mic, and uh, welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thanks, Harrison. Thanks for having me on. So first, I just want to point out just how just feckless our Texas Supreme Court is and our uh, Texas you know, Republican Party of Texas chairman, Matt Rinaldi, is in rejecting the Texas nationalist movement's legal petition that should have been – should be going on the ballot – in March to vote on whether Texans, you know, give Texans the opportunity to vote on whether we want to stay a part of the United States. I can't really go 
into much more detail than that, but it just was extremely egregious in my opinion. We had to file an emergency petition with the Supreme Court of Texas that was rejected. Anyway, uh, my thought on this whole situation, you know, I've just been thinking through the legal consequences and um, the, I think what could happen, you know, Biden is talking about, the Biden administration is talking about federalizing the National Guard, which what that actually means in reality, as I understand the state of the law, is he would have to invoke the Insurrection Act, which is, you know, the last president to do that was Eisenhower when he federalized the National Guard to desegregate the schools in Arkansas. Nobody's used it since. Uh, and if he does that, and then these red state governors are trying to score political points, as I think some of them are trying to do, you know, order their guardsmen, oh, you know, resist Biden, you have to follow my orders. They're putting these guardsmen in a pretty tough spot because then they have to choose between, well, do I obey Biden's orders or do I obey my governor's orders, which, you know, the governor's orders constitutionally would be lawful because they're instructing their guardsmen to repel an invasion, which they have the right to do under the Constitution. But then you have this conflict of laws where we have the Federal Insurrection Act. There's not a whole lot of safeguards on it. There's really nothing to stop Biden legally from doing that other than the Constitution. And who decides to enforce the Constitution or interpret it? The Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has already said they're not going to, they're not lifting a finger to help Texas here. It's legal for you know, the feds to cut the razor wire, right. uh, you know, the only thing that might, so it, it could escalate very quickly. And my last thought on this is maybe this was the plan, you know, maybe the people who are pulling the puppet strings of Amy Coney Barrett or John Roberts or whatever's going on there, why they made this horrible decision. Maybe the point is to instigate a civil war type of situation where Biden has to declare martial law. And this is actually how they're going to stop Trump. Uh, with martial law, and then the only legal scenario that you could really implement to stop that and prevent maybe a total civil war, just total chaos, or martial law would be for red states to secede, form a new, new country, and that would be the only way to say federal law doesn't apply to us. So those are kind of my thoughts on the situation. Yeah, actually, you, you're sort of um, reflecting exactly what I said yesterday as I was covering this. I I'm just sort of playing it out in my head, just like you were thinking, okay, this might come down to some, some confrontation in a, in an office at a base somewhere where you've got a decision made by some heretofore unknown and unnamed commander of the Texas national guard being approached by a federal soldier who tells him, all right, you know, hand over the keys. I'm in charge now. And whether or not he does that or resists that and where it goes from there, like this all might come to a head on some base somewhere in Texas from, you know, not very high up uh, commanders in the, in these armed forces having to make a decision as to which, which path to go down, both of which seem legal, both of which seem like they have arguments for it. And it might just come down to the, like the personal choice of the commanding officer. It's kind of troubling. And then, yeah, the other thing is just always trying to keep a, a bit of suspicion in the mind going, okay, what's really happening here behind the scenes? We know what seems to be happening up front. It seems like they're, the Texas National Guard's resisting and et cetera, et cetera. Could this all not be a big play to nationalize the entire National Guard? You know, have an excuse to nationalize it, have an excuse to drum up some sort of, you know, sedition charge against anybody that travels to the Texas border to, to uh, 
protected, something like that. So I think your speculation is uh, very closely aligned with mine in this. And I guess we all just sit and wait to see where it goes and what decisions are made. Thank you for that uh, input, Paul. That's Paul M. Davis at Fired Up TX Lawyer. Who should we go to next? I see Matt Vick uh, has requested to speak. We'll go ahead and add you as a speaker if you want to take yourself live. Matt, uh, you are uh, welcome to the show. In the meantime, maybe this is what we'll do. We'll like take somebody live, and it always takes a few seconds for them to get in, so I'll just like read one of these stories. Like, well, I don't know, this one. Seattle to pay Black Lives Matter rioters $10 million in lawsuit related to George Floyd riots. So yes, folks, in, in case you were wondering, if you protest on the side of Trump, then you get sent to jail for 20 years. You spend two years in solitary confinement before you ever even have a trial. Your life is destroyed. Your money is confiscated. You are treated like a domestic terrorist and shoved in a box for the rest of your life. If you protest for George Floyd, however, you get a payout. You get tens of thousands of dollars. So the American government, these city governments, are effectively – not even effectively, literally, they're literally paying rioters with tax dollars. They're rewarding the people that burned their cities down with $20,000 checks in some cases. And this is just the latest. Seattle has agreed to pay $10 million to 50 rioters injured by police in 2020. Denver is paying $4.7 million to 300 BLM rioters arrested in 2020. Philadelphia is paying them $9 million. New York City is shelling out $13 million. In total, $90-plus million in taxpayer money is going to pay out BLM protesters in 20 U.S. cities. In some cases, just for the fact that they were arrested. Literally have people engaged in a riot, getting arrested by the police, and then a year, two, two years later, receiving a $20,000 check from the city for their participation in these riots. So you want to talk about subversion, you want to talk about an insurrection, they're paying tens of millions of dollars, nearly $100 million paid to the rioters who caused $10 billion in damage and you know, killed 12 people and destroyed the very fabric of our nation. They're being rewarded with your tax dollars by these leftist cities. Just take that into account as you think about the situation America now finds itself. Matt Vick, what's your full name? Yeah, Matt Vick, at Real Matt Vick. Thanks for uh, joining us. Go ahead and take yourself live and welcome to the space, sir. Hey, I appreciate it. What's up, everybody? Um, I was going to piggyback off of the previous speaker who was kind of talking about how this seems kind of fishy like what we're looking at because if you've followed greg abbott through a lot of things he's uh not really proven himself to be one of the real ones right i mean he shut us down two times here in texas even after it was clear lockdowns weren't good and a lot of it was bs he still did it a second time why is he just now acting could he not have done the things he's doing now a year ago or two years ago three years ago before 15 million illegal immigrants got in and could possibly be allowed to vote or possibly be terrorist cells. They're going to be creating terrorist acts that could possibly create a crisis where they want to implement mass mail and voting again. What if they start blowing up voting centers? I mean, there's, they really, they need a crisis again and they're not going to do a virus again. I don't think, but they have other options to create a crisis. Um, And just seeing how he's been, I just don't see, that what he's doing right now is legit. It does seem like a lot of bait going on. It seems like they're baiting patriots. And, you know, it's just hard to navigate these waters nowadays, but we definitely need to be uh, suspicious. I'm just going to say that. 100%. If you zoom out even farther to see this as a, a global conflict taking place, 
it seems like all the places are being put, all the pieces are being put into place for some sort of global conflagration. I mean, you've got the UK and Germany and Sweden and France all telling their people to prepare for massive all-out war with Russia. NATO is preparing for war with Russia, doing these war games right on the Russian border, exercise steadfast defender 2024. You've got major goings on in the Middle East with America supplying Israel with 50 new fighter jets, as well as, you know, continuing our operations there in the Red Sea. And America being flooded and this division being caused by the the governors going against the Fed. It's like 2024 is going to be just a crazy year. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid. Still highly toxic, but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. Cellular damage from a type of free radical known as reactive oxygen species can cause decreased cellular function. DNA Force Plus contains what are believed to be the most beneficial ingredients to remedy this. Now, 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The main ingredient in the Real Red Pill Plus is pregnenolone which occurs naturally in our body, but decreases with age. Low levels of pregnenolone are associated with fatigue and low brain function. The Real Red Pill Plus is also full of essential trace minerals to synergistically support optimal cognitive function. Now, 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Get them both today at 50% off. The Supercharged Special. Support your health and support the InfoWar at InfoWarStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal live on band.video, infowars.com forward slash show, as well as on Twitter spaces. And obviously, we're a little bit different than most Twitter spaces in that we are a radio show as well, so we have to go to commercial breaks. Although, I think next week we're going to start trying to, maybe during the commercial breaks, we'll go exclusively to, to spaces. So if you want to not hear the the commercials and and actually be able to interact directly on Twitter Spaces while the radio's uh, commercials are playing. I think we'll start that next week. But in addition to that, obviously, since we're on terrestrial radio, no cursing. If you curse, we're kicking you out. Then just know you don't get two chances. Just one one strike and you're out. So please don't curse and uh, just make sure, like any other call-in show, you're in a quiet place and uh, speaking clearly into the phone so we can keep this uh, rolling as smoothly as possible. I want to add Bill Stebbins, 
Bill Stebbins at Bill underscore Stebbins Jr. says truth overcomes evil. Uh, you are now a speaker. Uh, welcome to the space, Bill. Hey, thank you, Harrison. Great discussion today. You know, folks are asking why Governor Abbott and why now? And they say it could have been done, you know, years ago, et cetera. But what I would say is politicians are politicians. Mm. Absent orders from we the people, they'll do whatever they'll do. They'll follow their own incentives. And, you know, some will go for full court evil. But now that we the people are speaking up and we're doing so in numbers you can't, you know, ignore. Now they're going to start following into line. So I think the real lapse has been if we believe that we are the people, we have to make our voices known and it has to be in mass numbers. The, you know, why Abbott, why now? It's because largely the American people have been asleep at the wheel, just outsourcing their leadership to these politicians. So I cut him a little slack only, only because we have been asleep at the wheel. Yeah, you know, I I agree. And that's why I encouraged people yesterday and people like really responded to I put out a tweet and I also said on the show, like any governor whose official Twitter account has issued a statement of support for Texas, you got to go and like and retweet it. It might seem like nothing might seem like a small thing. Oh, you're just one person. What's one more like going to do? But if tens of thousands of people show their appreciation for what the governors are doing, because I mean, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a heroic thing to just stand up for basic constitutional protections, but it is. But these governors are sticking their neck out. They're doing something that is not, you know, a guaranteed safe thing for them to do. Hey, guys, if you, if you all could. Uh, and, you know, I got, I, I'm sorry. I got to meet you just because I was hearing that, that, that background noise uh, real quick. And I, and I want to go to some uh, some other callers here. Sorry, again, we're still working out some kinks of uh, of carrying this all about. And I saw that Patrick guy wanted to. Come on again. I was going to let him on, but now he's gone. So anyway, we're running things here uh, by the seat of our pants. But I think the more you show appreciation. So I actually put out a tweet of that, and I noticed, like, all of my retweets of governors saying this were all getting liked. They are all getting reposted. So I'm so happy people were, were doing this and, and contributing to this because I do think they need to know, like, wow, I put out a tweet, you know, supporting Texas, and it's my most popular tweet of all time. This is a great – I should keep doing this. I mean, you know, they're human beings. That's how they work. And they, they want to be popular. They want to be on the forefront of a movement that, you know, has widespread support across America. So we have to show them that what they're doing is the right thing. And, uh, and I think that's exactly right. Uh, we're going to bring on uh, Bill Elmore. He was on a, a previous space we did on Wednesday, I believe, and uh, was very helpful in, in supporting that and in sharing the link and everything. And of course, Bill hosts uh, spaces of his own. So welcome back to the American Journal space, Bill Elmore. Uh, feel free to take yourself live and uh, welcome to the space, sir. Absolutely. Great being on with you guys again this morning. Um, we've, you know, we we're fighting two different, um, you know, kind of opposing uh, thoughts here, right? There's the fear from january 6th right that if we stand up if we do something we're going to be put in jail we're going to be called insurrectionists right Right. but then there's the need to defend our country right and defend our borders and i fully support what's going on down in texas with the 14 states that are um that are jumping in to help um but you know we do you do need to be careful who you align with and who you trust because there's those two things to balance. And just a, a spaces uh, hint, um, 
you know, when, when somebody comes up to speak, you know, when you ask a question of the host and you got to put yourself uh, on mute to listen to the response, otherwise you get this feedback. Um, I've got a good friend, Shell, who's hot tamale. Oh, two uh, in the audience here. I'd, I'd really encourage you to bring her up at some point because she's done this. She's incorporated radio onto spaces and just recently TV onto spaces. Very so good. I love what you guys are doing. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, we're uh, we're we're learning how to how to run things here. And I, I do think that's good advice. Just go ahead and put yourself on uh, on mute because it distracts me and it, it distracts everybody if we hear the background noise uh, going on. So thank you so much for that, Bill. And thank you again for your participation and, and contribution to this. We really do appreciate it. I want to bring up now uh, Cafecito Break at Cafecito Break. Uh, go ahead and add you as a speaker. Feel free to uh, take yourself live. Uh, whenever you so choose. Welcome to the show. Cafecito. Hello, Harrison. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, I hear you. Good to hear from you. Hello, Harrison and everybody here, all the Info Warriors. I just want to um, just say I'm calling from New York and it was Info War, War years ago. Oh my God, maybe about a decade that opened my eyes to what was happening at the border. And in full disclosure, I was one of those wokey pokies thinking, oh my God, are they being slightly racist? Why are they talking about the border this way? And I just have to say thank you. Because now that we are experiencing what we're experiencing in New York, New Yorkers have been humbled. Mm. I don't like it, but I understand it. So I just wanted to say thank you. Well, thank you for that. Uh, the, the Perez sisters, by the way, I should go follow Cafecito Break. I met them at a, at a TPUSA event. We had a lot of fun. And you, you probably have some pretty embarrassing pictures of me dancing like a fool uh, at, at TPUSA that I request you never publish in public. But, uh, but no, I, it's, it's one of the struggles we we're, we're have to get over. And I hope everybody else is able to realize this as well. I hope that, and I actually said this a while back when um, it was the black community in Chicago going, what the hell? We got all these illegal immigrants that are getting benefits while our neighborhood is struggling. What's going on here? And I hope that people are understanding, okay, those Trump supporters that I thought were just racist, you know, whatever, they weren't being racist. They were telling us the truth. They're telling us you can't have an open border. It's going to ruin everything. It's going to clog up the infrastructure. I mean, just now that they're experiencing, I hope they realize, I hope they're able to look back and say, gee, that wasn't racist, what they were saying. That was true. Now that I see it, I worry that there's a lot of people who are out there going, no, 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 they're still right. They wanted to shut the border because they're racist and evil. and I still oppose them. But, you know, my neighborhood shouldn't be affected by this. And I don't want them in my neighborhood. I hope that there's not that cognitive dissonance going on. I hope people can understand that what we've always supported is everybody of every race, color and creed in America having a chance to participate as Americans in this great experiment that we're all engaged in not one one group or a group of foreigners having benefit over american citizens uh, it all seems so obvious to me but uh, sometimes it's uh it's i guess it's not obvious if um if you haven't heard the argument made and i used to also be i mean i'll say probably in 2015 i was amenable to the libertarian argument that was like ah it's just a line on the ground man these are just people let the free market decide and it was actually listening to donald trump and going oh this actually makes a lot of sense we're not a country if we don't have a border yeah, that seems pretty obvious, actually. All you need to be is open-minded. All you need to be is able to actually listen to what people are saying and taking it seriously and not just 
you know, assuming that it's some racist dog whistle that they're concealing with whatever, just listen and go, oh, that's, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. We should have a wall. <laughs> Gee, what do you know? And if only we had a wall. If only we had a wall, then we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in now. We wouldn't be having to talk about, get, you know, expelling or deporting 20 plus million people from our country. It's not that they're creating a situation that's unsolvable. They're just making it more difficult to solve by having open borders. Now, we're going to be joined in the next hour by Gabrielle Clark. She's a mother, activist, and educator. Before we do that, I do want to remind you that everything we do here at InfoWars, as we continue to dominate in cyberspace and take advantage of the new technological vistas that are opening up in front of us, everything that we do is brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com, which means it's brought to you by you. If you support us at InfoWarsStore.com, we will continue to innovate. We will continue to spread reality. We will continue to spread a love and defense of humanity against the globalist incursions on our basic human rights. InfoWarsStore.com. If you go there, we'll continue. If you don't, we won't. It's as simple as that. 40% off TurboForce Plus, 40% off Winter Sun Plus, 30% off Next Level Foundational Energy. Incredible supplements on sale right now at InfoWarsStore.com. We'll be back on the other side with our guest, Gabrielle Clark, talking about how to defend your children from the insinuation of globalist ideas in public schools. Stay with us for that. Stay tuned to Spaces, and we'll be right back. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections, masquerading vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious. And you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's... That's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taking place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com. <laughs> 